to Enter the Glory Zone on 94.1 FM Wave 94. Spiritual believers and listeners, as you know, I have been talking now for a few weeks about how to prepare for the great wealth transfer. How to prepare for the great wealth transfer. And I briefly was hitting on um, a very important topic. Let's do a quick micro spiral uh, about the multiplication factor. Yes, God can multiply your money. So all of you who want your money to multiply, here are two critical keys. And then we're going to shift into more teaching on that money has a spirit. And some people think that money is neutral, but I'm going to get into that shortly. Okay, so let's go back to the multiplication factor. I want my money to multiply. Well, the first criterion for your money, your finances to multiply, for basically anything that you want to multiply, is that one, you have to give it to Abba Father Yuhei You have to give it, in my case, I give it to my high priest, Christ Jesus, who then gives it to the Father. So basically, you take the money and the way you give is through the tithe, which is it must be first and it must be 10% minimum. And I've had a very interesting conversation with my godfather about that. And maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. But it's really about the heart. So don't get legalistic. But God must be first. That's what I want to say about that. And so once you, like in the case of Jesus, where he lifted up the five loaves of bread and the two fish, Right. He lifted up, giving it to the father to be blessed. And the way we give to the father is to be have things blessed for us is that we give it to him. What? First. Okay. so um, the next thing that happens is once we have whatever we want, but in particular finances, in particular money, we've given God our 10%. This is where the offerings come in because it's a tithe is not giving God anything. Tithe is returning what already belongs to him. Okay. So now we can get into the offerings, whether it's benevolence, whether it's a seed, whether it's the first fruit barley harvest or the first fruit weed harvest or the first fruit great grape harvest or whatever, whether it's a love offering to your pastors or whether you're giving to widows and orphans or whether you're giving to missions, whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to give to. This is where the multiplication factor takes, begins, right? So whatever you give, so what, what happened? It was in Jesus' hands. He blessed it. He had the Father bless it. And then he broke it. Remember, they gave him, he, they gave him five loaves and two fish. So he broke off a piece of bread 
and a piece of fish and gave it to Peter. He broke off a piece of bread and a piece of fish and he gave it to John. He broke off a piece of bread, a piece of fish. He gave it to James. He broke off a piece of bread and a piece of fish and he gave it to Philip and he broke a piece of bread and a piece of fish and he gave it to Matthew. He broke off a piece of bread and a piece of fish and he gave it to Judas and he broke a piece of bread and a piece of fish. He gave it to Bartholomew. He get broke a piece of bread and a piece of fish and he gave it to Nathaniel and I, I hope I didn't, I might have missed somebody but don't forget Thomas. He broke off a piece of bread and a piece of fish and he gave it to Thomas. Okay? So, he broke it, but guess what? It had not multiplied yet. So what happens? The disciples actually modeled what they saw their Savior, their Messiah, their Rabbi, their teacher do. And they broke a piece of bread and a piece of fish for the groups of 50. And guess what? That's when it super naturally multiplied, right? That's when it super naturally multiplied, okay? So it is very, very, very powerful, the supernatural multiplication factor. And so, Dr. Davis, Dr. Davis, how is that, how do I apply that in my life? Well, let's look at let's look at somebody who's doing it better than I'm doing it. Let's look at Pastor Robert Morris over in Fourth West Texas. So God taught him some valuable lessons. God showed him about the principle of tithing and the principle of giving. And he has some very powerful supernatural lessons. One was um, he had very little money to get to the destination to do his assignment, but he took God at his word, got in the car, and with very little money went in to the gas station to pay, and the attendant said, no charge, God told me to pay for your gas. Then another instance, when he got there, he didn't have a set amount, and they took an offering, and it was exactly, exactly the amount of money that he needed for one month budget. And then God turned around and told him to give it to the, give it away to the missionary. And that's what he did, not in, with some trepidation. He was, he was a newbie, you know, he was, but God said, test him. It's the only place in the Bible that God says, test me, trust me. And so he did. And then he said, well, him and Debbie didn't have any food, no gas. And they said, well, I'm trusting him. And then the multimillionaire sits across from him at the table while they're eating pizza after church and gives him a check for 10 times, 10 months, not one month, 10 months of, of um, funding for his ministry. That's the multiplication factor. Why? Because he gave it away. But you got to be careful. You cannot let a human tell you to do that. You have to be told by the Holy Spirit, Paracletus, um, Ruha Kadash, the Lord God, Holy Spirit. Because unfortunately, we have some little scoundrels out there who, <laughs> who are basically, you know, taking advantage of, of the little baby sheep. So 
make sure that whatever you do, that it is done by command of the Holy Spirit, because God is only going to back what he tells you to do, not what a, what a man tells you to do. All right. So how does this work, Dr. Davis? Well, then what happens? Then after he passed that test and he grew a little bit more spiritually, then God told him to give away his house, give away his car, give away all his savings, give away everything he had. And he obeyed. And as quick as he gave it away, it multiplied. He got another car back, a better car. He got, but you can't, you also have to be careful. You can't have the heart of giving in order to get. Your giving has to be out of love, out of, out of being obedient, out of, out of being, it's not recognizing that God is your source, that money is never your source. Money is never the solution, right? It's pretty powerful how the multiplication factor works. And I, I've seen it over and over again in my life. And God can only multiply what you give away. I had, um, um, I've always had um, ministry, ministries with missionaries. And one day I, I was almost killed in the 1990s in a car accident. And my girlfriend, Gwen Lee, had invited me to go to Jamaica um, to Christ for the Nation Institute. And I said yes, because that was a pretty horrific experience. And so I packed up, you know, my little bag and then my girlfriend Gwen canceled. But I decided to go anyway, and my father, my father who worked for American Airlines, my biological father, gave me a, the flight to Jamaica, and I went to Christ for the Nations Institute, and I had my first spiritual retreat where I met the couple Oswald and Victoria Rothwell, and we were knitted together like David and Jonathan, and in the Bible, and I basically started sending them. It wasn't a lot of money, but I w it was very consistent. Every month, I would send them a certain amount of U.S. dollars. They were from the island of St. Vincent. And they were good stewards of that money and were able to go come back to the United States and go to school at Oral Roberts University. Where And so we would, tw twice a year, we would, um, when they would come to visit us around Thanksgiving, we would um, we would take them shopping and buy them whatever they needed: Victoria bras and underwear and and clothing and shoes and you know it was just out of love and also Oswald meeting his name. And this was something we did for years never looking to receive. And I would say about a decade later, um, I was, my girlfriend Linda surprised me and we went into the shop and they bought me clothes, they bought me um, just underwear and bra, everything that I had been doing for years was done to me. So, but like I said, it was a decade or so later because it was, I wasn't doing it to get, I was doing it 
because I love God and I love Oswell and Victoria Rothwell. And to this very day, I still, Rothwell has gone on to be with the Lord, um, her, um, Victoria's husband. And now Victoria um, is, well, since the volcanic eruption in St. Vincent, she's in St. Croix right now. But I still um, give to Victoria, who's now a widow, um, for her ministry. She has, I've seen a vision of the school and, and how God is going to use her mightily. So, so how does that work? Uh, and then let me just share this other story. <laughs> so after Dr. Robert Morris gives away his house, gives away his cars, gives away all his money in his account, with, with the permission of his wife, it, they did it together. God asked him, what did he want? And this is very powerful. He, he was, had not always been a Christian. And, you know, his wife, Debbie, was, you know, a, a Christian at a very young age. And so, unfortunately, when he, this is after he was a Christian, you know, and he was married to Debbie, he sinned. He, he um, was, was an adulterer. And, but he loved his wife so much and he knew, and Satan had it, you know, over him saying, when she finds out she's going to leave you, she's going to leave you. And so he cried out to God. When God asked him, what did he want? Dr. Robert Morris said to him, I want Debbie and I to be madly in love and happily married for the rest of our lives. And, you know, basically he was crying out He that when she did find out that she wouldn't leave him. And that was a pretty powerful thing that he prized his wife and his marriage over all his possessions, everything he had. And God honored that because now Debbie and um, Dr. Robert Morris have been married for many, many, many years, several decades and they have children and grandchildren. And I think maybe, well, just grandchildren, I think, so far. So it's a powerful thing. But God didn't stop there. So one day, Dr. Robert Morris, you know, was following the Holy Spirit now, not a man, and gave away cars and houses and stuff like that. And inside himself, his spirit, he had a little check in his spirit, and he said, uh how are you going to top that, God? How are you going to top that? Like, gotcha. I've given away everything. I don't see how you could top that. Cars, houses, money. So as soon as he had that in his, in his mind, he didn't say it, the phone rang. And guess what happened? A multimillionaire was basically um, right by him and he called him and he said um, God told me to buy your airplane I'm also paying the salary of the pilot I'm also paying the gas and I'm also paying for the hangar where your airplane will be and God turned around said inside and but your heart needs to be right and you cannot get wrapped up in in the money, right? So 
Let's talk a little bit about the spirit of mammon, okay? The spirit of mammon, that's a, um, that's a pretty powerful spirit. And, and, um, and a lot of people don't realize, a lot of people feel like money is neutral. And, you know, sometimes I feel like money is neutral. But money, Dr. Dr. Robert Morris believes, and, you know, I can understand where he's coming from, that money does have a spirit. And so, so the spirit of mammon um, is a very powerful spirit. And the spirit of mammon actually is um, at the right, at the right hand side, I think of, of Lucifer. Right. So if you ever, if you're into the classics and you read Milton's epic poem, Paradise Lost, you'll see uh, the, the, um, the Satan's fallen. He's a fallen commander in chief, and he's surrounded by demons such as Ammon and Moloch and Dagon and Astra and Osir and Bela, and I'm sure I'm not pronouncing them correctly, but that's the best I can do right now. Um, but there was one demon depicted a demon standing at Satan's side, and that demon name is Mammon. Okay, and Jesus actually recognized the spirit of Mammon, and he talks about it in the New Testament. And he says in Matthew 6, Jesus declares, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, right? That's verse 24 of Matthew chapter 6. Jesus certainly makes a striking contrast between the spirit of God and the spirit of mammon. But just what is mammon, right? Mammon is an Aramaic word that essentially means riches, okay? And apparently the Assyrians got the concept of a god of wealth from neighbor their neighbors, the Babylonians, right? Okay, and the Babylonians, uh, the Babylon was a city found in pride and arrogance. Um, King Nebuchadnezzar was a very prideful man um, and very arrogant man, if you read his history and his, um, his little biopic. And at the heart is an attitude that says man doesn't need God. We're self-sufficient. This is what the spirit of mammon tries to tell us. You don't need God. Trust in riches. In the biblical sense of the word, mammon is the spirit that rests on money. Did you know that all money has a spirit on it? It either has the spirit of God on it or the spirit of mammon. Okay, so... This is Dr. Morris's um, thoughts on this. So money that is submitted to God and his, and his purposes are, as a, are for the things of God has the spirit of God on it, which is why that money can multiply and cannot be consumed by the devourer. Okay? So when your money has the spirit of God on it by tithing, right? By tithing, then, then you, your money will multiply 
and it cannot be consumed by the devourer. That's pretty awesome. Wealth that is devoted to serving him rather than trying to replace him. So you're not trying to replace God with your money. Because guess what? Money can't buy some things. Money can't buy your family, having a, a whole family. Money can't buy um, the, you from stopping you from getting cancer. Money can't buy um, protecting your fallen child or your child has run away from home and he's out there or she's out there. Um, money can't buy that. Money can't buy relationships, even though this is why um, very wealthy people cherish their relationships with the people that they um, began with before they were wealthy, like Gail and um, Oprah, because Gail was Oprah's friend before she had money, right? Matter of fact, Gail was Oprah's boss at one time, okay? So... So basically, wealth that is devoted to serving him rather than trying to replace him is blessed by God in a very real sense. God's spirit blesses it. Ha! Huh. But on the other hand, money that is not submitted to God has the spirit of mammon on it by default. By default. That means that Christians who do not tithe have the spirit of mammon on their money, right? So what does that mean? What does that mean? Okay, that's why people so often try to use money to control or manipulate others. It is why people think money can bring them happiness or fulfillment. Mammon is basically the spirit of the world. And that spirit is a liar. I've noticed that the people most under the influence of the spirit of mammon tend to have the most fear about their money. That's why Jesus said you cannot serve God and mammon. Matthew 6, 24. Mammon wants to rule. The spirit of mammon is looking for servants. It is seeking worshipers. It will promise you everything, but deliver nothing. As Jesus clearly suggests, mammon tries to take the very place of God himself. Pastor Jimmy Evans, senior pastor of Trinity Fellowship Church in Amarillo, Texas, said, Mammon promises us those things that only God can give us. Security. Significance. Identity, independence, power, and freedom. That's what mammon lies and said they're going to give you. But only daddy God, Yuhei can give it to you. Mammon tells us that it can insult us from, it can insulate us, I'm sorry, from life's problems and that money is the answer to every situation. Okay, so this is why health, you have to have health and wealth, right? If you, when Solomon did something very, uh, did ex what Dr. Robert Morris basically copied Solomon. You know, Solomon was a young boy. We, we think he was around 18 years old when he ascended to the throne of David. And he had some big shoes to fill. 
And he had the wisdom to realize that he was not <laughs> capable. And so, and there was a lot of, you know, intrigue in the palace. So, you know, he was going to need God if he was going to stay on the throne and live. So Solomon actually killed a thousand, not one, not two, not a hundred, but a thousand bullocks. A bullock is, you know, an oxen. They are huge, and they're normally sacrificed for kings and priests and um, the very wealthy. So he sacrificed a thousand extravagant, extravagant giving. And that night, that night in his dreams, Abba Father Yehovahe came to Solomon and said, what do you want? God says, you have showed me extravagant blessing. You have showed that you truly honor me. What do you want, son? Whatever you want, I will give. And Solomon, in his wisdom, he asked for a wisdom. He asked for an understanding heart, a hearing heart to hear the words of God to hear the from the throne room of God how to handle his holy people, the Israels, Israelites, right? So guess what happened? Because he didn't ask for riches and gold, because he didn't ask for health, because he didn't ask for those things, you know, God gave him that and riches and wealth, right? And so he had wisdom and he had riches and wealth and he had long life, right? He was, un, uh, he was also given long life with a caveat. And the caveat for long life was as long as he was obedient to the precepts, the principles, the commands of the Lord God, Daddy God, Yuevahe, Lord God, Christ Jesus, Lord God, Holy Spirit. Right. So basically, um, he 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 was able to tap into something that very few people tap into. But Dr. Robert Morris was able to tap into it. I've tapped into it a few times. God has asked me point blank, Edith, what do you want? You know, and I ask for restoration, you know, of all the things that the enemy has stolen from me, either through my stupidity and foolishness or from other people's stupidity and foolishness. But for whatever reason, right, I just wanted to make sure that we we will continue this conversation about the spirit of God and the spirit of mammon and how your money is going to have one of those spirits. One is going to be by default, but the other one you have to choose. And so I want to close this, this um, broadcast with Romans 10, 9, um, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay? So... I want to once again want to thank you for joining me on 94.1 FM, Wave 94 with Dr. Edith Davis. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for to be over.
by your presence, Lord.